Welcome to The Time Is Now. I am your host, Michael Stafford. This week, the NBA free agency and trade talks are heating up. Who's going where? The Dodgers are up 3-2 in the World Series. Who do you have winning it tonight? Roman reigns supreme, but is the, he the true high chief in the WWE? But first, Monday Night Football. So we have a little fire in the area, so we're going to keep it short this week. So sit back, relax, and I'll see you on the other side. All right, Monday night football last night. It was not really indicative what we had this week, but we'll get to that. So first, Monday night football. The Bears visit the Rams in L.A., and that stadium in Inglewood looks phenomenal. I uh, can't wait till they open it out to the public. In, in the first half, the Rams were up 10-3. to I'm telling you, Nick Foles just did not have it last night. He couldn't really get off the ground, but it was still a close contest until the Rams just really opened it up in the third quarter, um, going 14-0 in that quarter, inevitably finished the game 24-10. to so let's go back to this weekend. The Eagles, the Eagles just edged out the Giants 22 to 21. And just with that, with Danny Dimes, uh, everybody, his nickname, they might have to change to Danny Donuts. Danny Dimes in his first 20 games has like 18 fumbles and like 22 interceptions. They said Jamarcus Russell was a bust. <laughs> he paled in comparison to what Danny Dimes is doing. So I don't know what they're going to do. They might have to start losing games to try to get, um, your young man out of uh i can't remember the school now was it clemson or something like that i cannot remember my brain is fried guys there's a fire nearby so anyways seattle versus arizona in the sunday night game that game was moved back and they moved the raiders game up for some odd reason but guess what it did not disappoint seattle leading most of that game until it went into overtime and arizona edging it out and it, it was just Russell Wilson with those three interceptions, one almost going back for a pick six until DK Metcalf ran from the one yard line and tracked that ball all the way down. I think that was Buddha who did another pick and just, just jumped the route and DK tracked him down, but it to no avail. Uh, Arizona ended up edging him out 37 to 34 in overtime. And Kansas City, I have Patrick Mahomes in two of my fantasy leagues. And Patrick Mahomes let me down, but they still blew out Denver 43 to 16. It was Patrick Mahomes' worst outing of the of the year. I believe he only threw for 200 yards and no touchdowns. San Francisco, New England. My goodness. San Francisco blew, went to New England, went to uh out there and uh just demolished the New England Patriots 33 to 6. Cam Newton getting sat down and did not play in the fourth just embarrassing and the chargers blew up on the jacksonville jaguars they had a good statistical game Minshew did well and their running back did well but to no avail the chargers is looking really tough that rookie that out and i've been saying this hubert even though they were one and four at the time was playing excellent football they just couldn't get over the hump and now he has arrived people he really has arrived and going back to that raiders and tampa bay tampa tom he put in some work this weekend demolishing the Raiders. It was close, and then it just went away from them in the second half with Tampa Bay blowing out the Vegas Raiders in Las Vegas, 45-20. to 20. Yes, and then now with that, 
in that win, Brady and Gronker, second most combo to get touchdown passes in league history, only second to Steve Young and Jerry Rice. So that's an amazing stat in itself. So Gronk is back. Gronk is catching touchdowns. Now with OJ Howard injured, looks to see Gronk getting a lot more touches. So if you don't have him in your fantasy league, you might want to pick him up. Now down to something that was pretty humorable. I kept seeing these memes online. Was Detroit edging out Atlanta 23 to 22? And it was just interesting and kind of funny, really, to see the owner on the field again, looking like he did in the Super Bowl when they gave up that big lead to uh, Tom Brady, once again, in the Patriots. And it was a game they had won. And I saw memes going around where they were saying that this may be the first time that a running back or a player for that matter, um, <laughs> it was Todd Gurley who fell into the end zone to get a touchdown, but leaving enough time on the board in the game for Matt Stafford to run down the field and, and get the game winning touchdown to win 23 to 22. All he had to do was just down the ball at the one yard line and run the clock out and they would have won the game. But it, I, you know what? The thing that's interesting to me about that is that the fact they even thought to do that, this shows how much little respect or little, you know, they believe in their defense to believe that they can't stop a team from scoring with a minute left in the game at home. So that just lets you know everything you know there. Atlanta is definitely in a bad place. Their offense have all these weapons, but the defense just can't hold water. And it's been like this for a long time. So their front office has a lot, a lot of work to do. In Cleveland, Cincinnati, I also have Odell Beckham on my fantasy team, and he is out for the season. Um, this <laughs> Baker Mayfield is interesting. And to that point, he was 0 for 5, couldn't throw. He couldn't throw anything. He threw a pick towards Odell's way. The ball going back, He Odell runs back to try to make a stop on the ball to make a tackle and tears his ACL done for the season. And, but the funny thing is, after that, the team rebounded and rallied with the rookie come in to replace him and they destroyed him. It was actually Baker's best game of the season. And Cleveland edges out Cincinnati 37 to 34. They did not look back after Odell went down. So we'll see what happens with Odell in the future as his contract's gonna be ending up soon. And his value is definitely gonna deplete. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, once again, he outshined um, Deshaun Watson. They beat them 35 to 20. And the New Orleans Saints with, with no Michael Thomas and no Emmanuel Sanders, no problem, it seems, because they were able to still beat Carolina in, their, in a divisional matchup, 27 to 24. Buffalo, New York uh, versus New York Jets, just the battle of New York between sorry teams. All the teams in New York are sorry this year. They beat them 18 to 10. That's nothing to see here. <laughs> and once again, in the NFC least, you have the Dallas Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? They went all the way down to Washington just to kick a field goal, just to lose 25 to three. The Pittsburgh Steelers edging out Tennessee. Luckily, Gostowski missed a late field goal kick and Pittsburgh won the game 27 to 24. Gostowski used to be a Patriot. I guess they knew what we all are learning right now. He's missing a lot of field goals. I think he missed eight field goals so far this year. So that rounds up our games for this weekend. Let's check our standings. Now, going back to the AFC East, we're gonna do some early projections for if the playoffs started today. Can we? All right, let's go. The Bills are actually leading the AFC East five to two. In the AFC West, no surprise, the Chiefs are leading that six to one. The AFC North, the Steelers are the only remaining undefeated team at six and zero. Oh leading that division and um, in the AFC South, the Titans lead that division five to one with their first loss coming against 
the Steelers. Now let's go to the National Football Conference where the NFC least, the Eagles lead that division two, four, one. My goodness, that's just, okay. Now the NFC West, which is my, easily the, the best division in all of football, leading that division five to one, but then the Cardinals are right behind them, five to two, and the Rams are five and two, and the 49ers are four and three. All teams above 500. My goodness, they're the opposite of the NFC East. And in the NFC North, the Packers lead that division five to one, and in the NFC South, the Bucks looking dangerous up there five to two, but the Saints also are four and two. So they have the same in the loss column. And um, I believe the Saints already had a bye week because of, uh, I think it was COVID or something like that. So now let's just take a look at this really quick. Um, with now the new setup for this year where there's 17, seven teams in each conference, so 14 teams total going in and only now one team, the top team having a bye, no longer the top two teams. So the way it's looking out, panning out, is that the Bucks will be in, their division leaders, the Packers will be in, um, the Seahawks will be in and the Eagles unfortunately will be in, but they'll obviously be the only team in that division making it in. And right now it looks like the NFC West will be a strong representation in the playoffs, but they're knotted up with the Bears as well. So um, you see the Rams and the Bears have to duke it out for um, uh, a spot. And it looks like maybe even the Saints may have something to say about it as well. So the Saints and look out for the Saints, Bears, and the Rams and Cardinals all fighting for um, a berth to get into the playoffs. But it um, looks like the Buccaneers may comfortably make it, and maybe so will the Packers and the Seahawks. You, well, you never know in that division. But it looks like I would say at least three teams in the NFC West should make it into the playoffs if they continue to play like they're playing. And let's go to AFC, which is more of a clear cut who's going to probably make it. The Bills are leading that. They should make it. The Chiefs, we know, will be there. Uh, the Steelers will definitely be there. And the Titans should really be there as well. Well, the fight's going to be for the wild card once again. Looks like the Ravens and the Browns may make it. And the Colts probably should make it. And that leaves the door open for my Raiders who can possibly make it because they're in there. They're in the hunt. Because after after the Raiders, everyone's really piss poor. The Raiders are three and three and the Dolphins are three and three, so they might have to duke it out, but everyone else is pretty bad under 500 after you get past those teams. Now that it's seven teams in there, it opens the door and gives my Raiders a chance, gives them a little chance, they're not out of it yet. So let's see what happens there. Now let's move on to the, the my fun part. We're talking about fantasy sports and fantasy sports, I told you guys about Justin Herbert. He just started getting acquired in the last week He's been killing it for the last three weeks. He led all quarterbacks in scoring this week with 50 and Tom Brady right behind him. And guess what? I had him on the bench. I had Tom Brady on the bench. My goodness. My goodness. I forgot who I started over him. I think I actually started Cam over him. So, yeah, I lost. Put it that way. And um, you had Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, which is interesting. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. I also had Aaron Rodgers on the bench. I had Pat Mahomes starting over him. It's just been a rough week for me. I lost in all of my leagues. Please help me, God. And the top running backs this week were um, Jeff Wilson, who's actually out. He's from the 49ers. He's going to be hurt. He's going to be out for a little bit. Um, so, But he had the best week, about 30 points. James Robinson, who's my running back, he was actually on the bench this week. Like I said, I lost. Had him on the bench. I had uh, Gurley and uh, Hunt 
start over James Robinson. So there you go. And Antonio Gibson from Washington also was a big, big help this week. And then Todd Gurley rounds that off for the top running backs this week. And we're going to go over to the wide receivers. In the wide receivers core, we have Tyler Lockett. Yes. Now, I saw that. And it, it hurt me because I had DK Metcalf. But it was just exciting to watch. Tyler Lockett put on a show. And he had about 44 points in most leagues. And I have Devontae Adams. He did pretty well as, as well. And A.J. Brown just, just been balling out this year. D.J. Moore out of Carolina did great. And Deontay Johnson out of Pittsburgh. Now, this is it. I have Claypool. He's been balling. They called him the next Megatron. But doggone it, he had minus one points in my league. And zero in another one. And um, Deontay Johnson got all the looks. And it's just it really pissed me off to have Claypool put up 30-something one week and a minus one. If you put up a minus one, I can't rely on you. I just got to say it. Let's go to the tight ends, man. I'm, I'm, I'm getting heated right now. So we had Harrison Bryant and then Darren Waller, my guy, and Rob Gronkowski running away with the tight ends, but nothing too glamorous. But Harrison did some great things with um, Cleveland. Uh, and then finally, let's round it out with the kickers because what? They play football too. And if you have a good kicker, they can make they can be make or break for you. So you have Tyler Bass out of Buffalo, Zane Gonzalez once again stepping up out of Arizona, Matt Prater in Detroit, and rounding out the top, you have Harrison Butker from Kansas City. I think I just cut him. So yeah, once again, like I said, I lost heavily this week. So that rounds up everything with football. If you are a WWE fan, got a little bit for you. Um, that, you know, I've kind of fallen off as of late, but I've been picking up, looking at little storylines here and there. And we had a hell in a cell this weekend. And it was interesting enough, Randy Orton defeated Drew McIntyre. Well, I was a great champion, but he won the championship again. That's going to be an interesting storyline going forward. And Bobby Lashley defeats Slapjack from the Rebellion or whatever the hell they're calling themselves. It's just The storylines have really been crazy this year, guys. And the SmackDown Women's Championship match, Sasha Banks going up against her best friend, Bayley. But it's the interesting thing. I've watched long enough to know that they're on again, off again friends. And it's just the weirdest thing because they're always in competition for one another. And 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 Sasha Banks is not, she's not fit to play the backup friend role in Bayley's old role when she did all the hugs and all that stuff like that with the, with the blow up things. That was more her role. Her being a bad person really never fit. And, and Sasha Banks has more of a bad girl appeal, but at the end of the day, she's cute, she's pretty, she's talented, but I'm just not moved uh, with the women's division right now. And The Miz defeated Otis. He beat him for his money to bank contract, which is stupid. No one ever fights to put up their money to bank contract, but you can cash it in anytime for anything you want, usually for a title shot. And you can come in after a champion just had a grueling match clock in, especially as big as Otis is, he could easily have gotten a championship, and he, that might have been his only chance at a championship. He's never going to probably get close enough again. And you had Elias defeat Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy needs to just retire. I, I love his face paint, but to me, as a, as a single wrestler, he just doesn't do it for me. He's not Shawn Michaels. And then um, we had R-Truth. I don't even want to talk about the 24-7 championship is whack to me. They need to get rid of it. R-Truth is a laughing stock. A lot of times when I see a lot of black wrestlers, there usually are some form of coonery. Even Booker T was cool, but he had to do the spin a Rooney. So I'm just not a big fan of it. I do like um, the, 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 the Hurt Business. Um, I think they need to recreate the Nation of Domination. I think they have a good storyline that can be developed. And I think in times like these with all these racial things and, and I know who their base is. 
Okay, so you can make them the big time heels and make them do a Black Lives Matter thing and just get people all stirred up and pissed off. And then you can have some white hero come and wipe them out. Who cares? As long as give black people that moment and give people a moment to see greatness and, 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 and just have some true, true things in this political era and this whole climate, it'll be so easy to put a storyline together that people cannot take away to because right now the storylines suck balls. Speaking of storylines, Roman Reigns beat the crap out of his cousin Jay Uso. And then once again, it was it was to a point to where Jimmy had to come out and stop him again, like they did the other week. And he's in the middle of the ring just crying. He's like, This is not you. I don't know you. I don't know who I am anymore. Just acknowledge me as your high chief. Who cares? Okay. Um, high chief thing, no one's talked about that in decades. But this is the cool part. Due to COVID and all the things happening, I see people on Twitter talking about it now, but I brought it up last week. Just go listen to the tape. I feel that the storyline is set up perfectly for The Rock to make his return. Hear me out. When The Rock first made his entrance into the WWE, he was known as Rocky Maivia. And he was all happy-go-lucky. He had all the Samoan get-up on. He was dancing and stuff. I mean, but that's the thing. A lot of times when they had the, the, the Samoans come out and, and they had the, uh, the tag team champions and all of they were never happy-go-lucky characters. They were always mean and doing their dance and, and headbutting you with the tongue out and the face paint. That's who they were. So until Rock became like a heel type character with who? The Nation of Domination. He was the Intercontinental Champion with Farouk and those boys behind him. Mark Henry, Ahmed Johnson, you know... Who else did they have? They had the Godfather. All those guys, man. It, it was a great, great, great time. They had D'Lo Brown shaking his head. They can bring that back. But what I'm saying is go back to the storyline with uh, with Roman Reigns. Bring The Rock back because he's actually the true lineage. He, he is the direct descendant of the High Chief Maivia, which is his grandfather, his mother's father. He can come back and reclaim that position. And then also... And he can do that by coming in as the how NWO brought out Hulk Hogan as a surprise. As they start to formulate the nation of domination, then you have The Rock come out. And he's like, you know how they, he was a surprise uh, boss, if you will, or a surprise leader. And he'll be the new leader of the nation of domination, but while also claiming his title as the high chief. And now you have the nation going against and then he finally gets Jimmy and all them support him and then Roman Reigns is on this island by himself and you have The Rock reclaim it just to give it right back to Roman Reigns later on down the line and saying okay I just wanted you to acknowledge just showing how it feels to do what you did to your cousins and you're claiming something that's not even yours yet it's mine until I give it to you so it'd be really cool to just insert that in um, you get the nation of domination back you get all that stuff stirred up you get all the racial tension that you want but you still get the family effect and you get that whole the rock back but the rock back that brings a whole other energy and you bring the old people who probably fell away fell off and you bring even the new people you bring the people who don't even watch wrestling because they follow his his movie career so to have the rock come back will give them the, the ratings they need I think they're probably saving it until they actually get can get fans back in and maybe can get fans back in a social distance like they're doing in the NFL. Who knows? But once again, that storyline to me will stick, will work, and hopefully they can find a way to iron out the rest of everything. Because right now, between the only thing that looks even halfway entertaining is the Fiend, and I can't stand him, but he's a he, he's a great character. He's a great. He needs to go into acting. His character with the, the puppets, phenomenal. 
but most of the storylines suck balls. I'm sorry, I got to say it. So at the end of the day, hopefully they can tie it all together. Um, the Street Profits also will be a great addition to the Nation Domination. And I think that um, Big E will be a great addition to the Nation Domination now that he's broken away from the Happy Go Lucky, Bootios, Pancakes of the um, New Day. Now that he's broken off from them, that would be a great storyline. So with that, let's take a short break, guys. And I'll see you in a little bit. <clears throat> this is the time. It's now. This show is brought to you by Pure Diamond Auto. With Pure Diamond Auto, they take the dirt out of the car business and make it pure. Pure Diamond Auto has a team of former finance and sales managers who can guide you through all the tricks of the trade. Go to www.purediamondautola.com today and use promo code TIME for a free consultation. That's promo code TIME. That's purediamondautola.com. What can I say? I love PDA. All right, everybody. This is my favorite, favorite part of the show is the happy birthday. So let's go. Lifetime, the famous soccer players turning 39 and Senator Hillary Clinton turning 73 and Lonzo Ball, Triple B, never lost, turning 23 and Seth McFarlane turning 47 and Toya Wright. The ex-wife of Wheezy F. Baby, please save the baby, turning 37. And CM Punk, famous WWE star, turning 42. And Kelly Osborne, the princess of darkness, turning 36. And multi-billionaire Bill Gates, turning 65. And Caitlyn and Chris Jenner, turning 71. And Julia Roberts, wow, pretty woman, is turning 53. And Joaquin Phoenix. The famous actor and a brother of River Phoenix turning 46. And finally, we have Frank Ocean, the, the really, really talented R&B singer turning already 33. Well, that's it for this week, guys. Now back to our show. Welcome back. Now, tonight, tonight, we have game six of the World Series. Can my Dodgers, after 32 years, finally, finally bring home the chip, bring home the prestigious award, the oldest team sport reward in American sports and North American sports? Please, not since the Gibsons fist pump you know, with that hobbled leg, have we seen it? Can they close it out tonight? We'll remain to see. As tonight, we have on the mound, Tony Gonsolin. Now, Tony gave up so many runs as the Dodgers lost 6-4 in game two. And they're, they're not naming him as the opener. They're naming him as the actual starter as a left-hander. And they're going against Blake Snell who also got the victory in game two. Now, Gonsolin will be used, like I said before, as a conventional starter, not an opener in game six. 
The 26-year-old has been used as an opener to Dodgers before in game two, but in this game two appearance, and that game two appearance, I'm sorry, he lasted what? One and one-third innings. <laughs> he gave up a solo home run to Brandon Lowe in the first inning. He threw 16 of his 29 pitches for strikes and recorded a first pitch strike on four of six batters that he faced. Now, Gosselin has been used in short outings so far in 2020 postseason, all in all, but he's allowed eight earned runs in seven and two-third innings. That's virtually a, a, a run in inning. That's actually more than a run in inning of work. The Dodgers will be hoping to get at least five or six innings from Gosselin, um, but they'll have a rested full bullpen ready to deploy if necessary following Monday's off day. Now, uh, Dave Roberts told reporters that, you know, pitchers available for game six would be Walker, uh, Walker Bueller, or Julio Urias, and Clayton Kershaw. So let's talk about Snell. Snell is obviously a better pitcher. He's a 2018 American League side young winner. He will take the ball for the Rays in game six as he tries to keep the Rays season alive. He's the Southpaw, operating on five days of rest. He played last in game two. Where he threw four two-third innings of two-run a uh, two-run ball and struck out nine. He allowed two hits and four walks in the race win. Snell gave up two home homers to Chris Taylor in the fifth inning in his game two start. The 27-year-old threw 49 of his 88 pitches for strikes. Jeez, while, in, like, while inducing 13 swinging strikes. Ah, <sighs> God. So. If you remember game two, hopefully this is nothing like game two. Hopefully they looked at the tape and can figure out how they can edge this one out. I say the experts say that the Dodgers lose tonight and they got to go on to 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 Wednesday to tomorrow. But I say nope. I say the Dodgers find a way to edge out tonight. I think their bats get active. They get a taste it. They can smell it. There's no more asterisks that are cheating. I feel like this is the night. This is going to feel like 88 again when the Lakers are on top and the Dodgers are on top and the world is all right again. And then on November 3rd, I'll leave that alone. <laughs> so uh, with me, like I said, I think the, the Dodgers look at the tape and I think that Tony makes some adjustments and Dave Roberts giving them that vote of confidence saying, hey, bro, you're going to be out here for six innings, not two, not three. OK, so that's what I believe about that. So. Dodgers tonight, you heard it here first. Moving on to the NBA. There's a lot of free agent and trade talks going along, a lot of rumors, and you know where I gotta go first. Well, actually I'm not. I'm gonna go to LA, but not the Lakers. I'm talking about the Clippers. It's funny that the Clippers are actually in talks of trying to move Paul George back to OKC. <laughs> in that trade, that's like saying to OKC, thanks, but no thanks. Now he does have a player option next season, but that, you know, the 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 Clippers have definitely seen enough of pandemic P. I think that team's gonna have a complete overhaul. They're hiring so many um, staff. I believe they even hired Atkins, the former head coach for the Nets, who did an excellent job uh, last season for the Nets. So now you're gonna have like similar to last year to have all these head coach caliber people on the staff, but the Lakers have also the same kind of staff. You know, they have their own uh, League of Assassins, if you will. They have their own uh, Avengers, if you will. They have their own kind of, uh, what do they call it, the Justice League. So 
you know, you have Hollins, you you have uh, a kid, and you also have um, Frank Vogel. So the team is stacked with, with coaches. That's what they're doing. But the funny thing is, go back to the players. So they hired all this new staff. It seems like they're shopping Paul George. Kawhi is untouchable, obviously. But it's interesting because Paul George is from this area. He is from Los Angeles, and he wants to be here. But I think the moment of truth was when he had all these quote-unquote mental hiccups and how you're, you're, you're not even the Robin. You're really like the Batman and Superman. Like, you guys are on TV. People forget a couple of years ago, not too long ago, Paul George was in the talks for MVP. He was like fourth in the running when he was on the team with Westbrook and OKC. Now all of a sudden, he's pandemic P and they won him out of there. You gotta remember in the bubble, he was not consistent. He didn't start getting good until um, the series against the series against Denver, but then he fell apart in the end. When they're up three run, no problem. You know, and all the antics on the sideline and all the different things like that is just when he went in the locker room and said the things that he said to try to stir up the guys and try to get them motivated when they were when they were down and out and it was over. And they had eye rolls from other players. We didn't believe in him because he's acting as if he was balling out. He's acting as if he's the leader. And then he's saying all these different things and they don't believe in him. Then moments later, he goes on the podium and says, we don't think this was a championship or bus season anyway excuse me with all the commercials and all the different things you guys had out there and and all the experts choosing you now i never chose them it's not just because i'm a laker fan i watched the games all year how are you gonna have a team newly assembled never playing together not practicing together all these different things recovering from injuries he had two shoulder surgeries how do you expect that team do you think because you just put players together you're gonna win what made you think that forget the fact that it's the laughingstock organization of the league forever has nothing to do with it they have a lot of talent but and they kept saying that these guys are two-way to two-way players the best two-way players putting together on the wing you put that with pat beverly i said okay well what can pat beverly do offensively i said who's going to manage the team who's going to who's going to be the floor general i said that from the beginning and it's not on my tapes i said it in groups and and chat rooms and twitter but those things came to fruition then i said lakers move zubash for a reason because Zubash can't play with someone like LeBron. He wants an athletic bit. He wants someone who can defend the rim, and Zubash can't do that. And people say, well, so Harold can do it. I said, Harold's undersized. When he goes against other big men, he can't, he's isolated, he can't do anything. And everything I said came to fruition. Then I also stated, Luke, Sweet, Sweet Lou is a great player offensively. Remember, the Lakers sent his butt down there too for a reason. They were looking to get better defensively. And all these guys were defensive liabilities. And all the stuff with Pat Bev, he was he's just a, a malcontent. He's someone who's just an irritator, agitator, but at the end of the day, he's not gonna show up in big moments. He can't hit the big shots. <laughs> so it all wrestled on the shoulders of Paul George, who I've always said. You gotta remember years ago when Dame, I think just last year, when Dame shot that shot, it was over Paul George. These things happen to him all the time. And then I said, who ate his lunch in the East? It was LeBron James. So I said, you got to go against LeBron James again? You're going to be his little brother in his house? <laughs> I, no one wanted to listen. Now it is always easy to say now. No, I've said this all year, and I'm not saying it because I'm a Laker fan. When Lakers suck, I said they have no chance. So it is what it is. So they're making some moves. They're trying to, they're trying to move him around. Now let's go to the other team in Los Angeles. 
the Lakers, the champions. Um, it's a lot of moving parts and they're not going to make any moves until all the players either opt in or opt out. They need to know who's on board, who's off board. Until players opt in, they don't know who, who they can actually trade. So right now they're talking about trading Kuzma, who's under contract, trading Danny Green, who's under contract, and trading Caruso, who's under contract, all to acquire one Bradley Bill. And then also in some, and also some, uh, some picks, which those picks will be trash because the Lakers are going to be in contention every year until LeBron retires. So adding Bradley, Bradley Bill will be a great addition, but I don't believe they're going to try to include Caruso in any talks. Now, if Avery Bradley opts in, and if Rondo, because I believe Rondo already opted out, but if Rondo resigns, they'll move Caruso because they it, the backcourt will be too crowded. And moving Danny Green, it puts Bradley Bill right in the starting position. Uh, Green and Kuz contracts fall off the books for them, so it allows Washington to free up cap space. And that's what they want to do. They know no matter what, they're not winning with Bradley Bill anyway. So they're definitely going to look for someone like Kuz to be a spark. Kuz will be cheap, uh, definitely cheaper than um, definitely cheaper than Bradley Bill. Who get to play with John Wall, but they can't wait to move off John Wall in about a year or so, a year and a half. So the next couple of years will be Kuzma's team, and they can start building around him on the cheap and get draft picks and build and build and build like a lot of teams do. Because right now they just have a very expensive team that has no position, no shot at winning over the next two seasons. So look for that to be something to happen. Um, they've also had trade talks talking about getting um, Derrick Rose out of Detroit. And that'll be a great addition. I just think that he won't be the best defensively. He won't give you enough offensively to make it make up for it defensively. He's never been a defensive player. And he's always been pretty injury prone. So once again, I say that Bradley Bill would be the best way to go. Now the cap will be pretty high. However, Lakers have bird rights for LeBron and for AD. So that wouldn't be a problem. They can go over the the cap to do it and all the money they're going to be making soon with other TV deals and playoff money. It'll be great because LeBron's going to be leaving soon the next couple of years. So you do want to have another young all-star to pair with them. So I think the, the hot, hot ticket deal will be Bradley Bill. And there's been discussions for Bradley Bill to come here for the last couple of years before ADs even come. As soon as LeBron came, they've had talks about bringing Bradley Bill over. So I would not be surprised if that actually happened. I believe all these things were happening before the draft. Speaking about the draft, there's been a lot of talks who's going to be the number one pick. And it sounds like it might be Lonzo Ball, but it, it sounds like that the Knicks are the biggest suitors for him. So look to see... Golden State trading their second pick away to the Knicks and then Lonzo Ball. If if he's not selected by the Timberwolves, look to see that the Knicks and the Warriors make some things happen so that the Knicks can go ahead and acquire Lonzo Ball. And I believe that um, they can get a decent player for them in the eighth pick. They may not get Wiseman, who will be a great addition, but they'll get a great pick. I think they're still trying to eye and get Dwight Howard um, from the Lakers. Or, well, he's actually a free agent, unrestricted. But I think that Dwight might want to stay with the Lakers if 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 Golden State doesn't offer him a lot more money, which they don't have a lot of free agency money. But Lakers are not really doing anything until, once again, all the players who have the options opt in or out. And Avery Bradley is one of the last ones. Avery Bradley and McGee 
are the last ones I believe who need to say if they're gonna opt in or opt out. Everyone else is either opted out or opted in already. So we'll see what happens there. A lot of other moves to talk about, but they're not really worth talking about this hour. We'll talk more about it as things start to unfold. So until then, hey, so that's really what I just talked about the LA teams a little bit and who they're in concert with. And then speaking a little bit about Lonzo Ball possibly getting that number one overall seed. We spoke about, um, we just spoke about his big brother, whose birthday is actually today, turned 23. And oh, I just want to say one more thing about the big baller grant. Um, so we all know there's Lonzo, and we all know there's LaMelo, the baby boy, who's projected to probably be the best one out of all of them. I still think that Lonzo is the best one. Um, I think he's the most athletic, but LaMelo has the most promise. Everyone forgets about the middle son, Jello, Leangelo. Leangelo, he's a decent player, but if you follow him at all, social media or on Ball Family on, on Facebook, He's built like his father and uncles. He's built like a football player. Since the incident in China, go back and if you forgot about it, where he stole the things and then he had to get kicked off the team where they were holding him off for a year and then the dad panicked and took him out of school. And then he said, I'm taking my the mellow out of school as well, out of high school and we're moving all the way to Lithuania. Have him playing pro. He got several injuries when he went out there. He hurt his ankle off pretty bad. Had a couple of, uh, had one surgery, but he had a couple of rehabs and a couple of setbacks. But if I said back then, before all that to Lithuania, I said he needs to play, he needs to walk on to the UCLA football team. They could definitely use him and he can make a big name for himself. He's athletic. I'm telling you, he could have been like another Antonio Gates or um, Tony Gonzalez, those types. Waller for the Raiders, these, these uh, basketball players turned tight ends. He's six foot five, 225 pounds. Six foot five, I think, no, 230. If you look and look at his neck, he's not built like his brothers. His brothers are built like their mom. They're linky, they're long. They're like basketball built. But if you look at him play basketball, he can shoot, but he's very stiff. He's not as agile and he can't do much else. His handles aren't that great. He could just shoot, but he's built. But the NBA at that position, you have to be able to defend the perimeter. He's not the best defender. He's not fleet of foot. So he's a good, he's a he's a good player. He could play in the in, in the G League for years, but he may never make an NBA team. He's not going to be like Seth Curry. Seth Curry shoots the lights out. And he plays serviceable defense, which is why he made it from the G League up. He's not as good as his brother uh Steph, but Seth is going to be a, a good journeyman for years to come. I don't see that for Jello. Jello needs to listen to me now, right? Right now, when he's what, 21? Bruh, you still have a little bit of time. You need to make a practice squad ASAP. You need to go look at the Rams because their tight end position is not that great. Higby's okay. And damn it, he's a racist. I said it. So you could walk right in on the Rams. The Chargers have a decent tight end as well. You can just walk right in, brother. There's the, the, the tight end position in the NFL is, out of all the skills positions, it has the least amount. We look at fantasy sports all the time. The tight end position, they have like five good ones and that's it. Everybody else is a, is a JAG, a just a guy. With your athleticism as a basketball player, going there, you can walk in and do some damage. And now you can have the triple Bs to, to get the big baller brand into the NFL will be amazing. Someone get this audio to Jello Ball, get this audio to Lamar Ball. 
he can work him out perfectly. He's played professional football. That family's a bunch of football players. Hello, listen to me. Get Jello into the National Football League, period, point blank. Thank you. So, got it off my chest. Let's take another short break. This is The Time Is Now. We do not own the rights to this music. Yeah. 
Welcome back. Welcome back. That was the next movement by The Roots. That beat, the message always gets to me. I love it. Glad to have it this week. Hope you all enjoyed it. This week, I just wanted to take a step back and reflect on things I've done in the past. I had a, a little passage I did at church several years ago in the early 2000s. You can hear it in my voice when you hear it. A uh, little poem I like to call, What's Got My Eye. Hope you all love it. Take a listen. Let's give Ben Samaras another round of applause. I wanted to read to you everyone here, something I wrote back in December when I first heard that we're going to um, do a program such as this, and they told me what the topic, what to focus on, and it was some stuff that was weighing on my heart for a while, and I had some things that I wrote before, and I wrote some new stuff, and I put it all together into one piece called What's Got My Eye. I really want everybody here to open their minds and their heart so they can receive this and get understanding where I was coming from. Amen. I may talk a little fast, but I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. What's got my eye? My family. My family. How do we give power back to the family? Remember when daddy was the head of the house and mama was the backbone now, mama's still the backbone, but yet daddy's not home. Rather be incarceration or rolling stone, still daddy is not home. To bring that balance that every household needs, forget that our children have poor self-esteem and education and surroundings, but to not have their father at home puts them at a disadvantage, a disadvantage that aids a social and economic divide amongst this great nation. Wake up and go to church on Sunday morning because that's what we're supposed to do, right? When all week you did nothing but curse and fight. Told off your co-workers, your brothers, and your mother. But hey, praise them in the sanctuary. But not for too long, you're going to miss the big game. You know, they say he scored 81 points the last game, second most of all times. But you don't know what it says in Galatians 5:29. <laughs> Stop trying. There is no such scripture. <laughs> but in Galatians 5.22 says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. How many of us have withered leaves and bare branches? You know, my little brother used to sing a song when he was a child that was titled, I Love My Sister. Yeah, we both love our sister as if she was a second mother to us. 
What would we do if we saw our sister in a video wearing close to nothing? What would we do if we saw her at a club taking it all off? Now maybe the question is, what were we doing in that club at all? When did the degradation of our women become entertainment? The industry will have you believe that wearing your hair all kinds of ways and having your shirts glitter hanging out fall off you with your pants down around your knees? Brothers, please. Is this what we fought so hard for? You know it's funny. We spend more, but we have less. We acquire more, but we enjoy less. We have bigger houses with smaller families, more amenities, but less time. We have more degrees, but less sense. More knowledge, but less judgment. We have more experts, but yet more problems. More medicine, but less vigor. We drink too much, smoke too much, spend too recklessly, laugh too little, drive too fast, get too angry, stay up too late, get up too tired, read too little, watch TV too much, and pray too seldom. We have multiplied our possessions but reduced our values. We talk too much, love too rarely, and hate too often. We learned how to make a living but not a life. We added years to life but not life to years. We've been all the way to the moon and back but have trouble crossing the street to meet a new neighbor. We conquered outer space but not inner space. We've done larger things but not better things. We've cleaned up the air but polluted the soul. We write more but we learn less. We plan more but we accomplish less. We've culture to rush but not to wait. We build more computers to hold more information to produce more copies than ever. We communicate less and less and less and less. These are the times of fast food and slow digestion. Big men and small characters, steep profits but shallow relationships. These are the days of two incomes but more bankruptcies, fancy houses but broken homes. These are the days of quick trips, disposable diapers, throwaway moralities, one-night stands, overweight bodies, and pills that do everything from cheer to quiet to kill. You know, Sam Cooke told me a change gonna come. I don't think this is the change that he envisioned. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. stated he had a dream. Is this his dream or is it his nightmare? Our children can no longer eat at the table of illusion and hypocrisy. They say that slavery has been over for a number of years, but when will our minds be free? Let me say that again. When will our minds be free? When will we be able to see that our ways, that our iniquities keep us from our blessings? It has his favor that has brought us thus far. His light that shines given us another tomorrow. Listen to your bishop. Be obedient to the word and give thanks to Almighty Yahweh shouting, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it for this week, guys. Thank you all for listening. Remember to subscribe, like, and share. Really appreciate your time. Um, so here we go. Now it's time for our final word. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn. 
your vindication like the noonday sun. Psalms 37, three through six. Well, that's it this week. So remember to spread love, share love, embrace love for God is love. Until next week, peace.